0: Welcome to Postwave, you're here with Eric and Trevor. Today we're talking about motivation.
1: I'm sure most people can identify with just wanting to throw up their hands and just kind of give up on everything because life is hard and shitty and messy and it's very tempting to want to just, you know, say screw it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and especially, you know, especially when we have like Netflix and, you know, Alcohol <laughs> and, masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, the, the internet kind of in general, but you know. Yeah <laughs> specific yeah. parts. Specific parts of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. It's uh exactly the wrong situation for our ape brains to be thrown into. this uh this book The War of Art um you said our old our old teacher Carter Pan uh recommended it to you mm. when you were taking lessons with him what, what were like the the circumstances
0: circumstances was I wasn't doing my fucking composing <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I was curious if it was like <laughs> if you like not bringing in enough music really <laughs> seems like something carter would like uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of resistance as Stephen pressfield puts it Mm -hmm. toward actually doing my work and it's such a a weird conundrum to find yourself in because you're in school paying a lot of money to be in this place to learn how to make music better Mm -hmm. and then like wanting to make music and then not being able to encourage yourself to actually do whatever Mm -hmm. or just feeling that drag whenever you try.
1: Yeah. Do do you feel like for you it was like self doubt or was it, or is it something else?
0: Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think self doubt was probably a part of it, Mm -hmm. but, not the whole part
1: yeah if i if i if I remember what it was like for me, like uh it wasn't even that I would like write down things and then think they were shitty. It's like I would think of them and then not write them down because I thought they were shitty. I oh, just yeah. kinda get you know just get stuck there with like nothing is good enough or like you know mm-hmm. I would like, yeah not not think of think of things and then think they were not good and not write them down. Um, and it would just kind of be, like, this vicious cycle of, of of like, not writing things down because I didn't think they were good enough and then getting bummed out because I didn't write anything down, and, you know, just, like, it would just kind of stagnate.
0: Mm. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. did feel that sort of vicious cycle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I don't think that was the main source of resistance for me. I think... And I'm not entirely clear exactly what it was, but, um, um, yeah, it's that dichotomy between the person you want to be and the person you are and the effort that you put in.
1: Yeah. For me, for me, I always, I like, I, I know I, I like to hike a lot. Um, although I, I don't do too much of it anymore cause I'm in Texas where it's like flat and, and hot, but, uh, <laughs> but like that feeling when you're, you're like climbing a, um, I say climbing a mountain, although, you know, I haven't really climbed mountains, mountains, but, you know, climbing, climbing some kind of getting to a peak and you can see where you're going and it, and you can see that you're getting closer, but it just still seems so like impossibly far away Mm. and that you just keep going and going and going and you're still not there. (laughs) (laughs) You can still see, you can still see like how far you have left to go because, you know, you can directly see it. (laughs) Mm Um, uh, that that's kind of the analogy I think about a lot, and it can be kind of, kind of depressing.
0: <laughs> depressing? Why, why?
1: I don't know. It it just it's just like uh, it's a very like visual, visceral representation of just the amount of work that is necessary to get to where you want to be.
0: Mm, okay. But yeah, doesn't that kind of speak to our mentality about work then, as a culture? because work it in itself doesn't have to be a bad thing.
1: Yeah. And I guess, so, so my, and the way I look at it is, yeah. Like if someone like put it out for me that, yeah, you just have to sit down in your seat and like do this work, like, you know, whatever, do these programming exercises, practice these pieces, you know, let's transcribe these solos, whatever, um, you know, do it and you will, you know, you know, even like 90% guaranteed to get to where you want to go I'd be like, great, I'll do it. But, but the problem for me is like one, knowing where, where I want to go <laughs> and then two, like being sure of what path is going to get me there. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I knew I was like on the right path, like, like, you know, when you're on a hiking trail, right. You just know if you keep putting your feet in front of each other, you're going to get there. Mm. But in actual life, it's like, you know, if you have this goal of, you know, doing AI research or, or, you know, being a professional musician it's it's not so straightforward a path mm. and there there are lots of ways to get there
0: yeah that's a great point and maybe yeah. you're not even sure if that's where you want to get but you just decided that because where else are you going to go
1: yeah exactly because <laughs> because you know uh uh you know if you're if you're a lucky person you're born into like you know a middle class or you know a family where it's it's basically guaranteed you can go to school for whatever you want, mm-hmm. that you have just, you know, every option available to you at that point. And even after that, you still kind of, you know, your options are very open. And uh, that can be pretty paralyzing, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah. So we're drawing a lot today from the book The War of Art by Steven Pressfield. This book is a small sort of kick in the butt about why you're not doing what you want to be doing. And it champions this theory about what it calls resistance which is this sort of inexorable force that is in opposition to our intention. So let's say maybe I want to Take up a course of yoga. I've been planning to do yoga for a long time. I think that would be a great thing for me. But I just never got around to it for month after month after month. Why? It's because of resistance. Right? I want to pick up Mm -hmm. an instrument. Why don't I ever practice? Why don't I ever write the music? I'm at school for music. Why am I not writing music? Mm -hmm. It's because of resistance. Mm-hmm. how how do you feel about this idea of resistance
1: i mean i think it really encapsulates something that's pretty nebulous when you're actually you know sitting there trying to or or not sitting there <laughs> um you know struggling with whether you should do something or not or you know, specifically like writing music or um i don't know the the, the physical fitness one hits home for me because that's something i've like tried multiple times to make myself do and just you know of <laughs> mm-hmm. you know Besides, like going on walks, which I can do just because I enjoy it, but like lifting weights is just like
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> every t- it's just such a I I just haven't found a way to, to like enjoy it. Um. Mm. uh we but should, it, it's uh,
0: we'll talk about that in a little bit. I, I have some yeah ideas.
1: Yeah, but Go what what he says about you know it'll it'll try to convince you it'll do like everything in its power to try to convince you that you should just, you know, give up. And, you know, when you're the closest is is when it's going to try the hardest. You know, when you're, when you're that close to, <laughs> yeah. you know, actually breaking through is when it's going to, you know, give you every, everything it has to try to get you to stop. Yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. L- let it, me read kinda, a, so.
0: a passage from the book. <laughs> Resistance is insidious. Resistance will tell you anything to keep you from doing your work. It will perjure, fabricate, falsify, seduce, bully, cajole. Resistance is protean. It will assume any form, if that's what it takes to deceive you. It will reason with you like a lawyer, or jam a 9 millimeter in your face like a stick-up man. Resistance has no conscience. It will pledge anything to get a deal, then double-cross you as soon as your back is turned. If you take Resistance at its word, you deserve everything you get. Resistance is always lying, and always full of shit.
1: Man. Yeah, I mean, cause, cause, how how Resistance like masquerades at least for me is like, oh, you know, don't be so hard on hard, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, you know, you, you like take mm. take it easy on yourself because you you know you deserve you're too hard on yourself. You deserve to. You know relax a little bit or you know let yourself indulge a little bit Mm -hmm. Um,
0: that's that's a tricky one that is insidious right yeah because because often you are too hard on yourself
1: yeah yeah and if there's one thing people tell me a lot it's you're too hard on yourself (laughs) (laughs) so it's like (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it's like obviously that's true in some situations but not all situations
0: yeah it's very selective One thing where I have felt that as a as a force of resistance before is when it becomes a habit uh, linked to consumption of media. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you work for the day. You feel stressed out at the end of the day. So you say, I don't have the energy to do the thing that I want to do, so I'm just going to sit here and watch TV or play video games and maybe have a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Once you start to set aside that time and make it for that activity, that leisure activity, and your other stuff never gets done, that is when it becomes a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, or, or you just endlessly procrastinate, you know, the the thing that you wish you could be doing or mm-hmm. on some like abstract higher higher level
0: i have a student who's been taking guitar lessons from me for about a year and this person never ever ever practices it's <laughs> remarkable if they've practiced once in the week I've told them basically every lesson, look, if you don't practice almost every day, you will not get better. It's like there's there's a certain speed at which you need to take off, and if you're going under that speed, you won't take off.
1: Yeah, I, I have a student like that. He's only been taking with me for like... couple months but it would be like for for the first little and he like started with me after this whole pandemic started so like we've only seen each other online Mm -hmm. um but like he would just like forget the lessons you know for like a lot of the time i know and i mean (laughs) um or like you know his parents would forget too Mm. um but it's just like you know it's like okay let's you know let's hear the the one song you practiced this week He's like, I forget how it goes. Can you play it for him? I'm like, yeah, I can play it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that pain. I feel that pain. And, and yeah. <laughs> this person,
0: uh, it's remarkable because they so viscerally want to do this. They're investing all this time and money in the lessons, um, mm-hmm. emotional energy. Uh, this person has broken down on several occasions and uh, expressed to me their... Their desire to do this and it's an innocent pure desire that they have they want to be able to play music so that they can entertain their their kids mm-hmm. and yet they never they never do
1: it so what age are they
0: an adult an adult
1: adult yeah with like young young kids
0: uh yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there is a lot of validity to Stephen Pressfield's idea about re- resistance.
1: He he kind of he kind of hints early on that he he. Well, he 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 like believes in God, and yes. he d- does that. Does that kind of come into play in more of the book? Yes, it does.
0: Um, <laughs> the, the I think the last third of the book is kind of. Um, evangelizing, <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, take that with a grain of salt.
1: Uh, <laughs> per- personally, my resistance was like, "Oh, he believes in God. This is all. This is all <laughs> potentially bullshit." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a trick to
0: uh, t- learning to see the the validity and in an idea of someone who has an entirely different epistemological background as you
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. i'm I, I not that i'm like actually <laughs> that that harsh against like re- religion or i don't want to be but but it, it it is kind of like oh if, if that's all where this is coming from then i'm gonna take it with a grain of salt
0: <laughs> for sure yeah yeah um yeah because he he does have uh his His basic approach here is he's personified this impulse that we have to not pursue our goals and, and kind of created it into an identity mm-hmm. which, if your epistemological background is more uh in favor of the supernatural, then that might actually be something you believe literally. Where whereas we can engage with this on a different level and say it it's a good metaphor for what we actually experience,
1: yeah, yeah, and I think part- part of uh part of the whole problem with motivation for me is that uh I don't know about you, but you know you you kind of go through adolescence like just with the default that like achieving things is good, like mm. that's what you should be working towards because or at least I don't know. If, uh, i mean you know some kids stop caring a lot sooner i guess yeah <laughs> but like you know if if the thing that defines you is that like you always get good grades and you're like good at music and you know that kind of thing it's like it's just kind of like achieve 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 mm-hmm. without ever asking you know why why is achievement a good thing
0: yeah okay and like wh- <laughs> yeah that so i think that gets to the heart of my own resistance towards composing when I was in school. Yeah. Because I had never asked myself, what is the point of the motivation? Why, why, why achieve? And so Mm -hmm. I had this impulse to achieve that manifested as make music, but I had never verified that that was exactly what I wanted to do.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, you kind you kind of just keep. It's like the the carrot and stick thing. You just like keep chasing the the carrot. Without really, you know, asking why why you're, if the desire for the carrot is actually a good desire. Mm-hmm. Or is gonna like be, be be sustainable?
0: Yeah, I remember one time. Trying to write music in Dan's office. Um, and lying on the couch that he has in there and looking at the blank page and just feeling this intense, like, trying toward actually just write something, just put a note down. And it really felt as though it was a physical resistance to the point where I was starting to break down and and tear up because I couldn't do the thing that I was trying to do.
1: Yeah, like, the, I, I've been there, too. Like, the just, like, just write anything, literally anything. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just always like, oh, that's dumb. Like, that's boring, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> this is part of the problem with like like contemporary music because it's like oh well if you're even thinking about just like notes then you're just completely (laughs) off on like the path of like being boring and you know like if there's not like you know five extended techniques happening at once and you know like you're not using uh yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's another (laughs) big source of resistance is snooty ass fucking peers (laughs)
1: well i don't know if i don't know if it's it's not necessarily the snootiness it's just the again like the uh just there's so many options that it becomes paralyzing
0: yeah or 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 the sense of snootiness anyway the the idea that people around you have certain expectations of you even if they don't
1: yeah yeah there's just always like a like a, a better idea that's out there and I know I'm someone who like I, I feel like a lot of times when I'm writing music I I just go with the first idea that comes to me
0: mm-hmm. like you know <laughs> I think that's totally valid
1: and then I'll like you know I'll go back and revise it but very rarely I'm like okay I'm gonna write this like five different ways and then I'm gonna choose the best one it's like nope I I wrote it one way yeah. I think it's pretty good I'll, I'll come back and change it maybe <laughs> and I don't come back and change it <laughs> uh-huh.
0: well I think that's actually super valid um, yeah my aunt, Jennifer McCurdy, who is a pretty well-renowned potter, has a philosophy that creating art is an iterative process. And you create a work of art, but th- the art isn't that particular item. The art is your progression over time, that the idea that evolves through you.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely something to be said for... For you know, do, doing a bunch of a bunch of different iterations without you know, uh, without laboring too much over like the individual decisions, mm-hmm. um, I, I just get the impression for me it's like it's slow, and I'm just still going with the first thing that you know comes to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that I'm like like powering through you know like a bunch of a bunch of different like pieces all in a row.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about dopamine.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you think dopamine plays plays into motivation?
1: Uh, so I mean, I like personally, I, uh, it kind of, kind of, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about, um, you know, if if I know that I'm on the right path, then I can just keep going, mm-hmm. because like every step that like you know if I'm, like for example, like I was going through like a Py- Python tutorial, you know, book where, you know, in the beginning it's, it's basically like, uh, well, there's like, you know, teaches you the different parts of the language. And then it's like your first project and you're basically just copying lines of code. Right. Mm-hmm. And trying to understand how they work. And it's like, it's a, you know, it's a little hit of dopamine every time I copy the lines and feel like I understand what's going on, you know, and then like, I can move on to the next one. So like, if, if, if it's a pretty clearly set out task with, you know, different kind of benchmarks, then I feel like dopamine uh, plays a plays a pretty important role. But when it's when it's kind of this wide open field of oh crap, I don't know which one of these like twenty options to take, hmm. and this is gonna take a, a ton of time and probably a bunch of you know trial and error. And uh, that then I feel like dopamine loses its power a little bit if if you're if you're used to if you're used to kind of the instant gratification that you get from you know media and stuff because dopamine should should work for those kinds of tasks but because we're so used to it being in a very like uh like guaranteed way Mm -hmm. like instant instantly guaranteed way it's it it kind of fails on those those like longer
0: yeah so the dopamine system is susceptible to reward hacking yeah can you talk about reward hacking for us
1: reward hacking yeah so um Reward hacking is something that comes up a lot in conversations around AI um, and AI safety. Any artificial intelligence system will have something called a reward function, which basically tells it, um, you know, what things are good and what things are bad on a very, you know, coarse or fine grained scale. Hopefully, fine grained <laughs> But uh, you could—I'm uh, trying to think of an example. Basically, if—if if, I mean. <laughs> on a like a really stupid level, like if if the the um system has some like a light sensor or something that's telling it, you know, if it's doing a good job or a bad job of, you know, uh blowing a bunch of dust or smoke out of the way and you just like shine a flashlight directly into the light sensor, <laughs> <laughs> then that, you know, it it's hacking the word system because it's taking this metric that should be, you know, actually capturing reality and it's just like completely flooding it with like positive like reward signal yeah um and that's that's kind of what we're doing with the internet um Mm -hmm. uh and our smartphones and and porn and and sugar and all that stuff is is just you know taking our our brain's natural reward function that would have been you know totally fine if we were out in the wild you know only seeing like or five potential mates in our entire life or you know never tasting anything sweeter than like a carrot <laughs> is, is i've heard that's like that's kind of uh potentially what it was like for our ancestors <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> although i don't know like there must be like berries and stuff that are you know sweeter but mm. um still like n- nothing close to like you know processed sugar or yeah. like chocolate ice cream or like, <sighs> yeah. anything like that <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we're so flooded with the reward that we don't need to pursue the challenging, expensive Mm -hmm. tasks to get a small amount of reward from those. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And so when this happens, I think there's kind of a snowballing effect where we get drawn into this state of inefficacy. Mm-hmm. you know when, once you're once you're rewarded once your urges have been satisfied you have no impulse to act whatsoever um, to achieve any goal or produce any work mm-hmm.
1: yeah because our, our our brains evolved in a in a in an environment where basically you were only motiv- motivated by like food or sex or desire to keep warm or just you know, keep from dying <laughs> mm. and if and if all those things are are satisfied then your brain can very naturally just just decide that everything's okay and, mm-hmm. and you should just, you know, chill out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so all other interests of self growth and actualization become irrelevant mm-hmm. because your only goal is to get that flood of dopamine
3: mm-hmm.
1: i think it's interesting if, if uh so have you heard of this book the denial of death no by ernest becker i haven't i haven't actually read it <laughs> but um oh, good. i know i know our I know our, fr- I know our friend alex has read it and um i've, I've just heard a lot of people talk about it um but the the punchline is that basically everything we do is motivated by our fear of death and our our fear of uh the impermanence of life mm-hmm. and um and I think that's that's really important to keep in mind when we're when we're talking about motivation
0: interesting um can you back that up at all
1: yeah you try <laughs>
0: it would help to so, so i mean so
1: well well there's i mean there's you know uh uh for example like you know wanting to have a successful career is is kind of an expression of that because you know having some impact that goes on beyond your life is a way to kind of overcome your your impermanence and your death right mm. um Mm. Uh, same thing with same thing with having kids like you you want your impact to to last beyond uh when you die
0: hmm. maybe maybe uh, i think there's there's some fallacies to watch out there though because this puts me in mind of the book uh, meditations by marcus aurelius is a compilation of books and he, this is a Roman emperor, thousand, two thousand years ago, um, and he has this r- really remarkable perspective of life and generations of people rising and falling and being forgotten, and he talks about like Alexander the Great being <laughs> just as dead as his chambermaid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah so there's like a certain ripple that goes out but eventually all of the people and all of the things that you influence will themselves have died
1: yeah yeah and i think i think again i haven't read this book but but i think part of the part of the punchline is that you do better to to recognize that that you can't really overcome you know your impermanence and you do better to, to focus on on the here and now
0: absolutely I agree 100%. Um, because that, that leads us to your dichotomy then of are you doing it to survive? To, to, if you're doing it to survive, yeah, that's the same as saying you're doing it to avoid death or fear of death. But if you're doing it to thrive, then that is you're doing it as a celebration of life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think it's harder to get to that point than most people would assume.
0: <laughs> yeah, why is it so hard? That seems like it should be the natural thing, but it's really hard. Yeah. And it-, it feels like it should be well within our ability too, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think part of it has to do with um, I mean, the fact that we're not living in like a hunter-gatherer society where we're not occupied 100% of the time with you know just surviving and Mm. uh you know tending toward basic needs because i think there have been some studies done that show like people in you know in general people who are in those situations are are happier overall like i mean they don't have as many you know addiction problems or you know Mm. um yeah stuff like that and it's and it's not not to like you know uh uh make it sound too idyllic because you know like there's there's things that are definitely less good about it, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but in terms of just like straight up mental health, I'm thinking, you know, in terms of like shorter life, lifespans and that kind of thing. But in terms of, of, of just like overall mental health, people, I think are, are tend to be better off.
0: Yeah. We have a sort of a culture of inactivity where the pursuit of comfort is idealized.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and again, again, the things that we're we're supposed to be striving after, like like achievement, are 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 kind of decoupled from what our brain naturally wants to, or naturally was you know evolved to to um, optimize for.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah. So if we have if we find ourselves in this culture where there's this disconnect you sort of get this sense that there's something wrong. Do you ever feel that? Like the, the world, your mind, the people around you could be doing so much better, so much more, but something's out of whack and we're not making the best out of what we have.
1: Oh, like every every day, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's this horrible
0: yeah. nagging sensation in the back of your mind. You, I think a lot of people, myself included, are unaware of it most of the time, but it, it's there, and whenever you look, you'll find it there.
1: Yeah, and, and it's hard because it's it's somewhat sophomoric. You know, like, oh, why can't all the billionaires just, you know, donate all their money to solve world hunger <laughs> and, you know, cure all these diseases and, you know, solve poverty and, and, you no, know, don't have to work anymore and, you know, uh, yeah. But, but there, there's there's something between that where, you know, we're not, you know, way less or way less of our time and resources are going into like consumerist culture and and, just kind of needless extravagance and all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and so why is it so hard, do you think? Because if everyone around you is in this wrong pattern and was born into it, and you were born into it, it's it's around you, it's all you know, right? Mm -hmm. It's like how people who are born into abusive or dysfunctional families and relationships tend to impart that same energy onto other people that they meet later in life. It's because that's what they know. They thought that was just how it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to It's like that's like the fish not noticing water.
0: Right. I was I was <laughs> I wrote it down. It's in my notes. I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, what is water? Um, did did you did you ever listen to the David Foster Wallace's speech uh, commencement speech what is At some point
1: yeah yeah I did I, I forgot that's what that was from but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was it was a while ago
0: Yeah yeah he he centers yeah. it around this joke two fish are s- hanging around and another older fish swims by and says morning boys how's the water and w- swims away <laughs> And then one of them looks to the other and says, "What the fuck is water
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was I was thinking about uh like an infinite jest uh a lot of it is about um like d- dealing with the burden of of talent and like the mm-hmm. dealing with the burden of potential, yeah." Yeah. And that 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 kind of that kind of ties into this whole motivation thing for me.
0: Interesting. How so?
1: Well, like like uh So like I mean I know if I had, you know, stuck with the like academic composer thing, you know, I could have like gotten a master's degree, do- gotten a doctorate, you know gone to a bunch of fancy festivals you know um maybe made a career of it um so i mean same thing with just like playing music you know i i know if i if i actually you know like put in the work and you know just just kept kept at it i could i could get i could get somewhere you know not that i would you know be like f- rich and famous or whatever but i could you know i could make it happen mm-hmm. and uh and then it's like well if if uh if you don't make that happen then like that's on you for not you know uh or i would i would know it's on me for not trying hard enough or like not you know putting in enough mm. um and i, I kind of uh maybe this isn't entirely all true cuz i i feel like <laughs> a lot of my my music related stress in the past year has just been like saying yes to too many things that were not even for money <laughs> mm. or like you know not like a, you know significant income um i was just kind of overcommitted and stressed because of that mm. um wasn't really that i wasn't wasn't trying but um it it gets it gets back to me uh for for me to the thing where you know you can see the top, the top of the mountain where you could be if you put in all the effort and and you're just like man that that's a lot of work and uh hmm. i don't know if i'm up for it i could just you know <laughs> keep 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 going this way <laughs> yeah
0: or maybe yeah. maybe you don't know if that's where you really wanted to go in the first place
1: yeah yeah
0: hmm. yeah. scary world out there <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Or actually, you know, the other thing I think about a lot is, uh, you remember you remember Eamon Morris, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, so he played he played bass in uh the Boulder Laptop Orchestra that Eric and I are both a part of, um, at CU, and uh, he was he's like a history he was a history major and uh, uh, and, like crazy like jazz bass player and you know like uh, chops out the wazoo. And, uh, but I remember his, his reason for, for not wanting to go into music as a career is like, he would, he was afraid he would just end up being like mediocre, (laughs)
3: Mm.
1: which is, I, you know, that's, that's kind of always been my fear ever since I, I, I heard that from him (laughs)
2: Mm.
1: when I say heard, I think it was, this is like literally on, on Facebook. Like he, she shared some article about like someone, you know, not wanting to go into, into music because they they were afraid of, or they knew they would end up being mediocre.
0: Yeah, sure. There's always someone who's better, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's that like you have the potential, but you're just settling because you're not putting the work in. Mm. That's kind of that's okay. kind of what I'm afraid of.
0: But do you think at a certain point, if you're not putting in the work, it's maybe because you don't really want to do it in the first place
1: yeah well i mean and then (laughs) and then of course like wanting to put in the work is something that's innate anyway like it's not like you know you can control that either
3: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean that that's part that's like part of your uh it's like separate from talent but it's equally uh out of your control i hope so well i mean this is kind of along the lines of the whole like free will thing but like Mm -hmm. you like people have this 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 idea that like your work ethic or your capacity for hard work is something that that like if there's anything that's under your your control it's that right but that's actually just whether it's nature or nurture that's not actually something that you that you're creating for yourself if that makes sense
0: Mm, maybe um but Maybe the way I would put it is that your ability to do hard work and put in the the work is highly dependent upon your own Mm -hmm. subliminal desires and that maybe you're not entirely honest with yourself about what those desires are or maybe those desires aren't even in alignment with each other. So that when you begin to pursue that there's a large part of you that actively does not want to do it.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh yeah, that's totally true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that maybe the yeah. the more it the more it's something that you as a complete entity actually wants to do, the more easy it will be for you to put in the work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you've been enjoying this episode, we hope you're motivated <laughs> to go follow us on social media, uh, tell your friends about us, uh, give us five-star reviews wherever you're listening to us. Thanks for listening.
0: to tie into a slightly less dark part of this discussion is <laughs> what is actually what, what it's like when you know that you're doing the thing you want to be doing what because we've we've both gone down a long path of putting in a great deal of effort into music or other things as well to get to that point, we have to have wanted to, right?
3: hmm
0: And for me, that begins with this original moment of inspiration, of this idea that comes unbidden to me of this is a thing I could do. And there's that one instant where I can seize that idea and say... Yes, I want to pursue this, or I can let it go. And if you grab it and you say, I want to do this, if you mean that, if you're not lying to yourself when you say that, then it will happen. You you will make it happen. It's like a fire that sparks within you and just keeps burning for as long as it possibly can.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and for a long time, I, I, you know, I wanted to believe that was like all of music for me, or like you know anything music related. And I found more and more that it's, it's, it's like very specific situations where I feel that way, mm. <laughs> and most of them involving me just like fucking around, either on my own or like with one other person with no real like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no no real like goal or end in mind, but just trying to make some crazy sounds or uh mm. i guess like i part of me feels that way about jazz just like you know when you get together with someone you like you know the same tunes and and you can just like jam them i mean that's that's like really really cool but um yeah there's just uh yeah there's a lot of other parts that i feel like just don't don't like have that have that factor for me
0: Mm Yeah. And and so so whenever you take up this mantle, in my experience, whenever you decide I'm going to start doing these things, like I'm going to start that course of yoga, I'm going to join the swim team, I'm going to practice every day because I love making music. Whenever you make a decision and roll with it, it changes and shapes who you are as a person
1: yeah yeah totally and and yeah and it's tempting to think again like this is kind of what resistance says is like oh you know you'll be you'll be the same person whether or not you you do that (laughs) thing (laughs) yeah
0: so (laughs) untrue yeah yeah it's that that light that bursts within you when you make that but I, maybe I won't say burst within you. <laughs> uh, it, it's that fire that starts within you and that fire becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. Makes you a brighter person.
1: Yeah. And I think that's that's like easy enough for me to see with like a positive thing that you want to add, but when it's like stopping a negative thing, mm you know it's like oh well, I could keep doing this thing and then also you know be a better person in other ways you know like I could keep smoking weed and also just be more motivated to do <laughs> to do things uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the doesn't exactly work like that
0: yeah it takes a big commitment to recognize that a part of who you are is getting in the way of who you want to be and acting to let go of that. Yeah. If you, if you like, if you feel comfortable, maybe we could talk a little bit about our own experiences with addiction.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> um, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> so for me, the biggest source of addiction and Struggle against motivation has been media consumption, whether it's watching TV, playing video games, dicking around on the internet, mostly screen related stuff, um, using my mm-hmm. phone, compulsively checking my phone, web comics mm-hmm. web comics web comics
1: uh,
0: mm-hmm. youtube oh god i w- mm-hmm. I was such a slut for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> And I found myself getting into these compulsive patterns where basically I would do that all day and I wouldn't do the things that I wanted to do. And then I'd feel gross and weird for not having done it. And so I would seek gratification by doing more of the media consumption.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it, it got really bad. Um so 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 for a while, what would happen as even as late as earlier l- last year, I would wake up, stick around on the phone for a while, a couple hours, go down, maybe I, I wouldn't usually eat breakfast because I would feel gratified from having dicked around on the phone I would actually I started to notice that I would not feel hungry I'd wake up I'd feel hungry and so I would go to my phone and watch some YouTube videos and then I wouldn't feel hungry anymore because Mm -hmm. I got that dopamine hit already right and so then eventually I would make lunch and when i made lunch i would put on a podcast uh, some entertaining thing like critical role mm-hmm. where they're playing dnd or something like that and mm-hmm. i would eat my lunch and then the podcast would still be going because it's mm-hmm. like a three-hour thing and so mm-hmm. i would start playing mindless video games like tetris and other boring shit, just to mm-hmm. keep my fingers and my mind occupied while i was still following the story Mm-hmm. and that would lead me until dinner time <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah man it's such a it's such a double-edged sword with like YouTube and podcasts because like there's a lot of great content out there that's like genuinely educational but like even if you're watching that you can still or listen to that you can still be using it as like a crutch or as as like a just kind of like a numbing thing <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs>
0: so true. And so, so it's, it's so, so true because what happened was several months ago, I was watching uh, YouTube, I was watching the Wintergaton Marble Machine X project, which was maybe my favorite thing on YouTube It's this really cool mm-hmm. musical contraption thing that this guy was developing to play music and add marbles going down shoots and stuff. And mm-hmm. every week he'd put a new video about the new part of it he, that he added. And it was really cool view into the engineering process and all the things that you could do if you put your mind to it. And he had this mm-hmm. one episode where he said, Hey, guys, I started doing a dopamine detox. I'm not going on Facebook. I'm not checking my phone all the time. And I've been way more productive. And look, look at all the stuff I did. And mm-hmm. so I said, Oh, shit. I should do that. <laughs> and <laughs> that video was the last one I watched on YouTube for my entertainment.
1: Wow, and how long ago was that?
0: Several months.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: And so I I m- yeah, I made myself a set list of rules of things that I could use the screen for and how often I could check my phone every day and I've mostly mm-hmm. stayed to it or not mm. too far off from it Mm -hmm. and I've been so much more productive and had so much more time and energy and motivation to pursue the things that I actually want to do
1: man that's awesome yeah yeah I I wish I could have that kind of commitment well I don't think I don't think for me YouTube turns into that kind of thing Like, I feel like it's, it's more like, it's literally just whenever I'm eating, I like to be watching something on YouTube. But like, other than that, I don't, I tend not to just like watch like video after video after video. Mm. Um, um. But yeah. But yeah, good, good for you for like, uh, cracking the whip.
0: <laughs> you know me, I like to crack whips. <laughs>
1: yeah so um i feel like the the two kind of big addiction struggles i've had have been uh weed and internet porn i'll I'll take on the weed first so (laughs) Um, (laughs) so it's kind of funny because i i went you know eric and i both went to see you and uh (laughs) <laughs> but and I, you know, I would smoke weed with friends, but I think I only bought my own weed like literally only once or twice when when my girlfriend Maddie was in town and we wanted some edibles and stuff. Um, but like never had my own pipe, never like smoked in my own house, um, in my apartment. Um, but then when I moved back to Austin and uh, after I kind of stayed with my dad for for a little bit, I moved in to my like my first place with some friends and uh they were both total stoners and uh we were in this band big dummy at the time we'd like started playing a little bit um and uh and so like i i'd smoke with them when i was kind of hanging out at the house before i moved in um but then i moved in and i remember i moved in in like november and uh and you know we'd hang out and smoke and stuff and i just Remembered after a while, like every time we'd hang out, I'd be like, okay, when are we going to start smoking weed? And I would like, yeah, that would be like, my, you know, the thing I was focused on and, and I, uh, I was like, wow, I don't like that. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to get my own stuff. So I don't have to, you know, be worried about that constantly when I'm like hanging out with these guys. Cause I don't want my mind to be focused on that, you know? Um, <laughs> and so that was in like January that I got my own like pipe and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep, so that would, that would have been, yeah, early 2018. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, I was also on a, on like an antidepressant at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two things had some interaction, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I basically kept, and for, for me, it was, uh, it was super tied to like creativity and uh like my, my thing was that oh I'm you know I'm, I'm controlling it because I'm only using it you know uh like to quote unquote be productive which in the beginning was true like I'd you know I'd like oh I'm gonna get high and then like you know sit down at the keyboard and record a bunch of crazy stuff or like you know do a bunch of crazy stuff with this Mac patch and you know record or um you know stuff like that and uh started out that way and just kind of gradually, you know, drifted to, Oh, I'm going to watch, you know, this TV show. Like, Oh, I've never watched the office while I'm high. What's that going to (laughs) be like, you know, (laughs) uh, it is that kind of thing. Or like, Oh, the big thing for me was like, like going on walks. Mm. Like it just makes going on walks just like so much more interesting and just like, you know, like anything could happen Mm. (laughs) or like you could see anything or, you know, um, and so it was, it was always like oh i'm just like enhancing these things that are already like positive mm. you know but I, I think i think it did kind of start to sap my motivation after a while um mm. and uh yeah i mean i stopped i guess about six weeks ago uh um, wow. kind of in the middle of this this COVID stuff because i was like yeah this is not not worth it <laughs> um yeah um i think i mean (laughs) i still tell myself like if i get it if i get covid and then i'm fine then i might go back to smoking (laughs) but um (laughs) but it's it's been it's been it's been a good like detox experience for me Mm. um regardless um uh so yeah then the porn thing so that that like i don't know i i I really only really got into that like I feel like it was like the summer after my freshman year, mm. like only really got into it then. And uh, it's just the thing where where you know everyone everyone you know will tell you like oh yeah it's not realistic and uh, that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know like it's all airbrushed. Yeah. But but for for me the the, the thing is more like um, it's just like instant. Like whatever you want in you know the most like concentrated you know most like stimulating form <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> Fine find choice of words there,
1: <laughs> um, and you know and, and it's and uh it's it's exactly the reward hacking thing mm. where um you know your your brain is primed when you see like a new potential mate to like totally spike your arousal level mm. right. And if you can see like a potential new mate, like every, you know, minute or every two minutes, Mm, right. right? Um, By just kind of cycling between things. uh, And that's, you know, it's gonna gonna spike it. Um, And that just totally, you know, uh, throws your whole system out of whack. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's that's been kind of my experience with that. (laughs) Um,
0: Have you decided to stop looking at porn?
1: Uh no, <laughs> I mean well. Well, here part part of the problem part, part of the problem is that like I I forget where I even heard this, but like, um. That you know. You have to have like a superhuman level of as as like a adolescent male. Living now, you have to have like a superhuman level of of self control and discipline to to not. Do that, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then so your resistance tells you, so why bother, right? Yeah.
1: Or <laughs> right, well it well it's also it's also like you're being too hard on yourself. Like that's that's kind of the too hard on the yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's all folks. <laughs> um, yeah, um <laughs> <laughs> The thing I tell myself is like, okay, when I when I move in with Maddie, like that'll be, you know, like a hard, hard cut off.
2: <laughs> oh dear,
0: you don't have to cut it off, Trevor. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: um, um, so yeah, I mean that that's kind of mm. the line I tell myself. But um,
0: so I I wanna, I wanna question your motive here uh, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. there are certain techniques that I've found to be wholly ineffectual at motivating yourself. I've seen this in my students and in myself. I have a couple written down here. Um, One of these is to use someone else as your focal point of motivation. Say, oh, I'm going to stop for this other person. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to do it for the other person. Or, or to say, I'm going to have this person encourage me to do it. Mm-hmm. To me, this always fails. It might work for a little while. But it puts uh, a lot of strain on the relationship. Um, because there starts to be... Unrealistic expectations towards that person who's the focal point, and uh they're likely going to feel resentment toward that and uh and when that person denies you the thing that you want, you may feel unbidden a sense of resentment towards them
1: you know we've we've talked about it it's like it's not the biggest you know she's she's not like pressuring me.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean that that actually yeah. um feels like a good element of motivation is you see this in AA mm-hmm. meetings where you have a community of people who get together and support each other towards the goal that they want.
1: Actually, so while we're on the while we're on the subject of porn, you've heard of NoFap, right? I have. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just funny because people will like um like i totally i totally believe that that will that will like change your your life and your perception of life Mm -hmm. but um i don't know it's it's interesting yeah
0: so so here's one interesting part about my screen abstinence is that i can't look at porn anymore Mm -hmm. because that's not one of the things on the list of acceptable uses, you know, it it it's a dopamine high, and that's not what screen is for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting off. I mean, oh, like, of like, there. uh, yeah, and and if you're like a dude in your twenties, your your whole system is just kind of geared to just be totally, you know, come rocket, very, very <laughs> wired, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should I edit that one out for your mom too? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely nothing wrong with getting yeah. off, but
0: I just thought it was yeah. it was interesting that without the porn as an option, it was just this. Oh, huh. I guess I I didn't really want to do that anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that can definitely be true. Uh,
0: so another ineffectual mean of motivation is uh, maybe you can relate doing something because you think you should. <laughs> uh, it would be really good for me. I know I'd be a lot healthier and probably a lot happier if I did it. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so these are these are all from like you, you observing your students or my students and myself. or just kind of general. Yeah. Um,
0: and so, so both of these things that I mentioned have something in common, and that is that they sort of act to remove your agency. It's, it's like a way to turn yourself off, turn yourself into a mechanism. It doesn't feel, doesn't think. You're just working toward an end. And that end is by definition something you don't care about. hmm Yeah. Be- because you didn't have the motivation to do it on your own. hmm Yeah. And there's, there's maybe something valuable, I think, a lot of the time when you're facing this and you're facing your motivation and the things that you're telling yourself you want to do maybe part of you does want to do that but maybe if you're not doing it it's worthwhile to say that's because i didn't want to do it at all and letting go of that
1: urge
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like recognizing that that uh. Yeah, you need to like take a step back and and actually examine, like what the, like what your deeper desires are. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's it's like your your hiking metaphors. Maybe you're walking forward, and sort of aimlessly, or maybe you have a destination in mind. But if you think about it, you didn't really want to get there. You're just moving for the sake of moving, and that's mm-hmm. no. Form of motivation.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so maybe it's better to stop, and breathe, and look around you and say, Is there anything that's jumping out? Is there anything that's saying, That's what I want to do now?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that could be really valu- valuable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. For me, I talked before, there's that sort of spontaneous inspiration, that decision in the moment where you you say, I'm going to do it, and you do it because you were telling the truth to yourself. That's one way of inspiration, of motivation that works. But I found that there's another way as well, which is sort of a slow burn where you have a series of ideas, you have a bunch of ideas, of things you could do that present themselves to you and you notice them and you say oh there's an interesting Ah, maybe I could do that and you let it sit for a little while and you see what cycles back and the things that you want to do more than anything else will begin begin to cycle back with more and more insistency and at a certain mm-hmm. point you can recognize and say yes I want to do this, you know it's something that's piercing through the layer of inactivity, the layer of resistance to the point where you can actually do it,
1: yeah, it can be hard to know like which which things that cycle like that are like things that like you just need to like put to rest mm-hmm. and which things are you know the things you actually need to take take action on. yeah, it
0: is a really tricky distinction to make. I have uh, a lot of half finished arts and crafts projects that fell victim to that very inability.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean you have to have some unfinished stuff to have finished stuff. Yeah, I
0: suppose so. It's <laughs> <Yeah, I suppose laughs> sort of trial and error.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone, you know, finishes 100% of the things they they start, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I think the, the thing is not to get bummed out that you didn't finish a bunch of things and then not starting anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: But then maybe if there's a a pattern of not finishing things, that maybe you have to adjust your expectations of how much motivation you have to have in the original idea to actually follow through.
1: I don't know. I guess I, I mentioned, like, I touched on the idea of, like, like gifted kid burnout. Yeah. The, the thing I was thinking of, let me see if I can find it. There, it was just some meme uh, that was like gifted kid burnout bingo. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, can relate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here it is. I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fear of not living up to potential. <laughs> thinking you're better than everyone else despite having nothing to show for it. <laughs> Existential anxiety, (laughs) interest in psychology. (laughs) Uh,
0: Non-existent motivation.
1: Yeah. Always tired, reads Wikipedia articles in free time, Hmm. weed, uh, night owl. Yeah, (laughs) like those I would suspect, but like the, uh, like the reading Wikipedia articles and like the, um,
0: Need for constant validation.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I, I feel like I fall in the into the thinking you're better than everyone else, despite having nothing to show. For <laughs> yeah. Category. Yeah, I think <laughs> in, I think there's in my own head. Uh,
0: I think we we both have to have something like that in order to be making a podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah inter- interest in psychology. <laughs> That's another one I just would not have you know would not have thought.
0: Yeah. Very very well <laughs> wrought here. Yeah. What's the top left one?
1: Uh oh, it's like the um the manual of uh psychological disorders, DSM five. Oh uh, like just, just knowing knowing about that and uh yeah.
0: Is that the one where like every possible different kind of mental state is like categorized as a mental disorder?
1: yeah well it's basically i think it's the the implication is kind of if it's not in there then it's not real like according to according to psychologists (laughs) so yeah i I feel like i I definitely went to that like kind of burnout place this past year but i i feel like i'm clawing my way out from it Mm. which feels feels good
0: yeah like scratching clawing yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a really challenging place to be you know, feeling like you're burnt out and worn out and just like the world's falling apart and then you're there in the rubble and you have to get out and no one's gonna help you out. You just have to do it. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah, and it's like and it's like that's what people mean when they say like being responsible for yourself and you know, like taking initiative and, and you know, like standing on your your own two feet. But when you when you get there it's like, Jesus, like this is like I, I understood on some abstract level this would be hard, but now that I'm here it's like fuck
0: <laughs> Yeah, and maybe it didn't have to be that hard. Maybe it's because we're in this wrong society, wrong culture. And maybe if we had a supportive Community that we wouldn't have to face that alone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I lay a lot of the blame on on capitalism just for you know making it like a dog eat dog world where if you don't you know find some way that you know makes you valuable to society and also makes you want to just not give up on everything, <laughs> then you're you're just kind of uh, yeah not worth anything. I don't know.
0: I I think a lot of people rap on capitalism and it definitely has significant faults but I think you face the same problems in basically every political structure that's ever been devised.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe maybe not capitalism, like pure capitalism but like American. Free market. Capitalism, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean but like communism you face the same disillusionment and Lack of community in, in communism, fascism,
1: but I mean, I'm I'm imagining you know like something like UBI.
0: Ultimate
1: being possible, but
0: infection. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have, have you not heard of UBI? I have not. U- Universal basic oh, income. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something something like something like that 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 decouples your. Like what you wanna do to like contribute to the world from needing to like make all your money from it. Yeah, it's an interesting and, concept. And not being like on the edge of like, you know, bankruptcy and homelessness and and mm. uh all that stuff. I mean not not that I'm, you know, in that in that situation, but um that that's kind of, you know, The threat yeah there's this you go through life that that's that's always you can fall that far yeah
0: there's there's this sense that you need to justify your existence and if you don't you will be squashed out
1: yeah it's like that's that's kind of like the one of like the driving motivators for for people it's just you know i just want to not be homeless and not you know i want to have enough to eat Mm -hmm. and a place to live and be able to get taken care of when i'm sick
0: yeah absolutely and when i was in amsterdam i felt it wasn't so much like that i mean i'm sure to a certain extent it still is but as a whole it felt much less to the grindstone more like a community the whole country a community of people working for Mm -hmm. people together just to live to get by
1: yeah yeah yeah, no. Most most of Europe is way ahead of us on that.
0: Yeah, we've got abusive Big Daddy trying to milk us for money. <laughs>
1: yeah. Saying,
0: God damn it, I wish I still had open slavery.
1: <laughs> who who said that?
0: Big Daddy businessman?
1: <laughs> I don't know. That guy. Yeah. Sounds like Big Daddy needs to be taught a lesson.
0: Oh, no. The tables <laughs> have turned.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you uh, told me about this book because I feel like it kind of got me unstuck.
0: Yeah, that's really um, good to hear.
1: Yeah, I think I'll, I'll keep reading it.
0: Yeah, this was a, a good motivator for me as well. Really easy to digest the way it's broken up into little segments. Yeah, good times. Thanks for tackling this very vulnerable topic. Yeah, no, no likewise. <laughs>